Shalom and welcome to the Jewish mind where the growth of modernity meets the timeless wisdom and solutions of Judaism. The title of this lecture is Tunnel to True Love Discovered, a comprehensive practical approach to true love. So what is the modern issue to be dealt with in this lecture? How to experience true love. The human soul is built for love, to receive love, and to give love. Well, if the human being was built for love, then love should be a simple journey for the human soul. And yet it isn't. Why? The answer lies in the secret of creation. Creation began with God stepping out of himself, so to speak, in which God created a dualism rather than to exist only within one. Through this, God created the first concept that lies at the foundation of all creations, relationships. Now, was there only one type of relationship, that of a healthy and functional love? Then it would be true that love would be a simple journey. However, such is not the case. And because there are some very unhealthy relationships that leave a trail of destruction behind them, therefore, as my grandmother of blessed memory would say, when you get burnt by the hot, you become afraid of the cold. Therefore, not only is there the challenge of identifying what a healthy relationship is, there is also our present scars and fears that challenges us to get into even a healthy relationship. Additionally, true love is an art. And like with every art, true love takes mastering specific disciplines, time, and continuous practice and work. It is so for the very same reason that all and any art demands this. The reason is that true art comes from inside. And God created the human soul with the complexity of layers upon layers of self. The conception of true art must find its way out, passing through each layer, donning and expressing itself in a sober way within the language of each layer, until it can sanely reach outside onto its best suited medium for the art. And all the while, the process of emergence and transformation must remain loyal to the original conception of the art. Otherwise, it isn't true art anymore. And so it is with true love. True love must come from and must reach into the inner core essence of the human soul. However, the process of emergence of one's true love for another human from his inner core essence and the submergence of allowing the true love of another human to reach into our inner core essence is the process of true art. When done right, it brings us to the depths of fulfillment and wholeness. And when done wrong, it creates a depth of discord within us. Thus, while the human soul was built for true love, true love for a human soul is no simple journey. This lecture is going to take us through the layers of the human soul, which, as the verse states, God created man in his image. In the image of God, he created them. That's what God says in Genesis. According to the mystical teachings, the image of God that God is referring to, I mean, God has no image. So what does he mean when he says that he created man in his image? So according to the mystical teachings, this refers to the image of the ineffable tetragrammaton name of God as the four letters are manifested in the ten emanations, which God created through which to have a relationship with his finite creations. As we travel through these four layers of the human soul, we shall leave a path through which true love can emerge unto others and through which true love can submerge from others. True love is real and is available to you if you are willing to learn the disciplines, learn the journey that must be traveled, 
and if you practice practice and practice so come along you were built for this let us start with defining what true love is love as a noun is defined as an intense feeling of deep affection that's the definition in the dictionary however I want to share with you my own definition of true love as it is carried through this mystical teaching love is a feeling of wholeness brought about by the person you love in which the other person completes you brings the best out of you and leaves you with intense feelings of deep affection together with a simple and calm acceptance of self in the experience of love the focus is on one's self and the experience of the love is driven by what the other person does within you true love is the transhuman experience of stepping completely out of self and to love the other person solely on the other person being essentially good in their own right and in their own existence with no focus on whether having a relationship with the other person is profitable for you now that is true love another very important introduction is that if love is the feeling of wholeness and true love is both godly and beyond the quest for selfish wholeness then before we can love another we will have to first love self and in order to love self we must first have a positive relationship with God I was discussing this with a friend in preparation of this class and I was challenged by my friend with are you saying that I need to love God in order to love myself why it is a blessing when I get a question like that not allowing me to just get away with repeating sp spiritual dogmatic sayings and instead I am forced to ask whether I truly understand and believe what I am saying so why does one have to have a, pro a positive relationship with God in order to be able to love himself any love that a person will have for himself will be one of a perceived virtue whether it is that he perceives himself to have a caring heart a good mind or even good looks our sages refer to this love as and I quote our sages from ethics of our fathers any love that is dependent on something when the thing ceases the love also ceases now even if that which he perceives lovable about himself does not cease nevertheless Kabbalah and Hasidus refer to this as a finite love which does not endure all the challenges that life throws against our love of self the self-love of ultimate endurance that stands any test against our self-worth self-respect and self-love is the love that is transrationally built upon this thought I am a creation of God loved by God and created in the image of God now that source and foundation to love is infinitely endurable of all challenges the other love built on what I think I'm good at mm, won't endure the Talmud tells a story of a stage that was traveling and came across an exceedingly ugly man who greeted him peace be upon you sir he the sage however did not return his salutation but instead said to him Raka which means empty one how ugly you are are all your fellow citizens as ugly as you are the man replied I do not know but go and tell the craftsman who made me how ugly is the vessel which you have made the man's reply is the ultimate answer to any self-doubt and to any self-loathing tell the craftsman God who made me it is the only love of true endurance thus I say that in order to have an infallible love and sense of wholeness of self one must first have a positive relationship with God thereafter even if he already has a positive relationship with God if one does not work out the complexity of self and have all layers of his soul aligned and expressive of his inner core essence 
and thus does not experience true love and wholeness of self, then such a person cannot have a true love for another human. Such a person cannot truthfully even have a true love for his own spouse and his own children, which should come naturally. But you can't have it if you have inner disaccord. There was once a man who wherever he went he complained that it smelled horribly. The man just couldn't understand what was wrong with everyone and everywhere. Why do everyone and everywhere smell so horribly? This went on until he came across a friend true enough to point out to him that on his mustache he had stuck a piece of doo-doo. We each perceive others around us through the lenses that we wear. When we wear lenses of discord and self-loathing, we see everyone around us as such. Unfortunately, when I was in rabbinical college, there was this one young man, my classmate, who would constantly say, I would never marry anyone who would marry me. And until this day, he is single. No, if we can't love ourselves, then we can't love anyone else. Thus, this lecture needs to uncover the tunnel of true love so that it reveals the process of true love as it applies to loving God, loving ourselves, and loving another person. The last introduction I want to make is that the entrance to the tunnel of true love is the mind and not the heart. Yes, I want to repeat that. The entrance to the tunnel of true love is the mind and not the heart. Another conversation with this same friend in preparation to this lecture led me to look up the dictionary's definition for love and for intimacy, which then led me to change the title of this lecture from the tunnel of intimacy to the tunnel of true love. Nevertheless, I still want to borrow something I heard about intimacy for this lecture on true love. The word intimacy should be read as in to me see love is all about being able to truly see into someone else the art of allowing someone to see into you and the art of being able to see into someone else is what the art of love is based upon to love someone who you don't know is fatuity not love Rabbi Shneir Zalman of Liadi states that even if there is a full knowing into me see on the levels of wisdom and understanding, but there is missing the depth of the third intellect, which is the internalization, connection, and personalization of the intellect of knowledge, then the feeling of love is false fancies. How much more so if the person doesn't even have a perception and understanding of the person who he claims to love, that there is then definitely no tangible feeling of true love that can long endure. Thus, the mouth of the tunnel of true love is the brain, which then travels to and through the heart and into the depth of the inner core essence of the soul. Now, let us begin the journey through the tunnel of true love. The ineffable tetragrammaton name of God is spelled with the four letters Yud, Hey, Vav and Hey. Then there's also the thorn of the Yud, which is like a crown on top of that first letter of the name, Yud. The Yud represents wisdom, the power of vision, meaning a sense of clarity and certainty, seeing what the mind can't fully understand. The Hey represents understanding, the power to internalize within our mind detail by detail in the totality of the intellect's world of three dimensions which is width, length, length and depth. The width of intellect is the magnitude of the scope of details. The length of intellect is the evolution from the abstract to the tangible, clothed within metaphors and examples descending into the lower intellects understandable even to children. That's the length of the intellect. The depth of the intellect is finer and finer, fineness and sublimity. So those are the three dimensions that understanding has to do. It has to digest it on all levels until we can practically, really tangibly understand it. The Vav represents 
emotions, which in many ways is the true experience of the human. This is where the person is experiencing what he intellectually sees and understands. The last hay represents expression in which a person expresses through thought, speech, and action what he intellectually perceives and understands or what he emotionally feels. Now the thorn of the Yud represents the encompassing power of will. All of these layers, including the crown of will, will not, are not, the inner core essence of the soul. A name, its letters, and even the thorn of the first letter, Yud, all represent a specific shape. The inner core essence that is called truly a piece of God and is called a spark of creator became creation defies any shape and form of specificity at all. Thus, we now see the challenge that lies ahead of us of bringing about an aligned wholeness of all the complexity of layers embracing opposites such as the abstract vision of wisdom and the digestible understanding of the intellect understanding? How about the emotion of kindness and the emotion of strictness? How about the isolation within and expressiveness to without? There are such antithetical complexity within the soul. Nevertheless, it is precisely through bringing accord and wholeness throughout all these layers of our soul through which true love emerges from our inner core essence and through which another person's true love for us can be accepted and submerged into our inner core essence. We will now travel through the tunnel of true love as it takes us through all the layers of our soul and into the inner core essence of our soul. We're going to use the mystical teachings on the ineffable tetragrammaton, the way it manifests itself in the ten emanations in order to travel through these layers of our soul. The first two layers are the letters Yud and the letter He, which are the layers of wisdom and of understanding of the human soul. Kabbalah and Hasidus define the accord and wholeness of these two layers as Nikuda Behechalo, a dot in its chamber. To understand this we are going to have to explain the difference between wisdom and understanding and what different purposes they soul they serve in the soul's intellects. Wisdom represents the soul's power of vision beyond her own digestive capabilities. Understanding is the digestive system of the soul's mind. This is why understanding works through the divide and conquer process. There is a saying of how do you eat an elephant? Mouthful by mouthful. The process of understanding is to leave the experience of being overwhelmed by what seems to be a vision larger than life and to start breaking it into digestible mouthfuls in which each detail of the greater intellectual concept is separated, defined, properly labeled and digested. This is why understanding is described as a three-dimensional chamber filled in width, length, and depth with specific and well-defined details. Wisdom, on the other hand, is the abstract power of intellect to see the totality of the unspecific and undefined nucleus dot of the concept, which abstractly potentially carries all the specifics and well-defined details that will later on be extrapolated from this nucleus dot of wisdom. The perfect example for this that is given in Kabbalah and Hasidus is that wisdom is the male who gives the sperm in which the entire DNA map of all the specifically defined details of the unborn child is found in an abstract and potential level. Understanding is the mother who through the process of gestation extrapolates all the abstract potential details of the dot of wisdom and brings forth from it a three-dimensional perfectly detailed child. However, often there is a disaccord and frustration between the vision of wisdom and the details of understanding. Take for example the case of Steve Jobs and why he was fired from his own company. 
The visionary entrepreneur and the practical manager, which is the board, are challenged with disunity. One is programmed to think out of the box and the other to think in the box. Thus, two different problems can, can happen. One is that the pragmatic process of understanding is not willing to open up to receive the out-of-the-box visionary abstract dot of wisdom. And the other problem of understanding would be the over-analysis of understanding, which would totally derail the original visionary lot of dot of wisdom. As the saying goes, analysis to the point of paralysis and thus totally removing the magic of the dot of wisdom from the finished product of understanding. Now this would be how understanding is not acting as a teammate with wisdom. However, there is also the scenario of disaccord in which wisdom refuses to act as a teammate with understanding. And this would be wisdom's insecurity to be questioned and dissected by understanding. Or it would be wisdom refusing to allow understanding to digest and to evolve the dot of wisdom in the healthy fashion necessary for the dot of wisdom to be processed into a tangible product of thought, speech, and action within the physical world. This is what is mystically known as the verse, and a river flowed out of Eden to water the garden of Eden. Now, that's a verse in Genesis. Mystically speaking, Eden is wisdom, garden is understanding, and the river is the way, the ray, I'm sorry, is the ray of wisdom descending into understanding. Thus, the unity here, the wholeness of these two intellects, is when a river flowed out of Eden to water the garden. To be able to understand this on a practical level of developing love for God, self, and for another person, we are going to explain this difference of the process through which we experience wisdom and understanding. As humans, we like to understand concepts in a way that we feel in control over them. The more we understand the concept, the more we are in control to accept and even to manipulate the situation. However, in truth, our form of understanding in this controlling manner is very limited. It only is capable of understanding that which we can fully dissect, define, and digest. In the teachings of Kabbalah and Hasidus, we speak of two different types of knowing. One is to know what it is, and the other is to know what it is not. There are abstract concepts that we cannot intellectually digest through the tools of know what it is. However, we can intellectually appreciate the abstract concept through know what it is not. This is the humility of wisdom which understanding does not have. Understanding can only relate with that which it can know what it is. And understanding gets starry-eyed when you start relating with the abstract through the knowing what it is not. The letter Yud of the human soul is that abstract layer. And if we stubbornly acknowledge and connect only with that which we know what is about ourselves, we will be suppressing and denying this deeper level of the soul. The letter He of the human soul is a tangible layer that if we are not willing to roll up our sleeves and diligently work on to know what it is, then we will be suppressing this tangible layer of the conscious mind of the soul. Thus, we need to embrace three different levels here. A. We need to experience the into me see of the yud of the soul, the subconscious, through humbly know what it is not. B, we need to experience the into me see of the hay of the soul. The conscious through the diligent know what it is. And then C, we need to bring the river from Eden into the garden, bringing an accord and wholesome flow between the two upper layers of the soul 
embracing that the conscious and the subconscious are communicating and affecting each other whether we know it or not and by knowing this we can help bring unity and sanity to the communication and effects of these two diametrically opposed layers of the soul let's get practical with this knowledge on all three levels of love loving God loving self and loving another a loving God many are willing only to intimately and practically relate with the layer of God that makes sense to us and that fits neatly into our defined understanding of goodness kindness compassion and justice the minute we are painfully faced with the question of where was God when this happened or how could a good God have let this happen we lose our accord and relationship with God through rejecting that which we cannot know what it is on the other hand we sometimes just resign our entire relationship with God to be one of faith thanks to faith we have no questions and need no answers this creates a discord as well in which we suppress having a tangible digestible digestible intimate relationship with God in which we know who God is as God reveals himself to us the first part of the journey through the tunnel of true love with God is to embrace a the encompassing circular infinite light through humbly working on to know what it is not B the permeating linear finite light through diligently working on to know what it is and C to open the teamwork between both these levels of God's light and their effect in our lives practically speaking God demands of each and every one of us that in each of our endeavors we should create a coexistence between our need to respect God's laws of nature that demand due diligence and hard work while at the same time embracing that it is the blessing of God that makes rich even more practically speaking the conscious level of due diligence planning and hard work does not quiet down the uncertainty of humans inability to truly control every possible eventuality this peace of mind and certainty comes only from embracing a tangible faith and acceptance in God's abstract and infinite goodness and kindness likewise no peace of mind of faith can long endure the onslaught of monthly bills without us carrying that faith into logical and well thought out actions let's take it to the second love loving self the amount of self-help and psychological books that flood our market is unprecedented nevertheless now this is unbelievable nevertheless nine out of ten people are still looking for that magic pill which will explain to them why they do the self-destructive things that they do why they get into the self-destructive relationships that they do and what exactly is the blockage between their great ideas hard work and their having success try as they may to understand this the mathematics just don't add up and then because of this we don't love ourselves we even go into self-loathing deciding that there is something fundamentally wrong and undeserving about us now the true answer for most of this much of this is the disaccord between the yud and the hay of our soul this disaccord creates suppression of one or both layers of our soul which denies any wholeness of our soul which denies us to wholly love ourselves. now the corrective process is to understand that there are two diametrically opposed layers within our soul and that they each have diametrically opposed processes of being and of interrelating with reality stop trying to kill either of them for to kill one of them is to kill the wholeness of self except that they are both amazing beautiful and useful you tell me which is the right form of transportation to have a car or a boat the answer is that it depends what you are traveling upon water or dry land more importantly you tell me what is more important peripheral vision or inside vision and the answer is that they are both important and that they affect each other in giving us the wholeness of a picture 
So we need to embrace our outer per peripheral vision of reality, our inner middle vision of practical reality, and we need to allow them to interrelate and affect each other appropriately for us to see reality as it truly is. Practically speaking, we have to stop banging our head in the wall with other frustration of how we see things and how we react to things. Rather, we must embrace that we are multi-layered and that at any given moment we are being driven by two different perceptions of reality. The quest is to embrace both of our inner realities, to have them each serve their purpose in how we react to reality, and then to even allow them to affect each other rather than to have a black and white binary code of living. Even more practically speaking, to experience true self-love, we must accept that there, there is a part of us that defies our conventional understanding of know what is. This sixth sense, so to speak, that connects us with a higher intellect needs to be accepted, respected, and nourished as is. So too, we need to leave the notion that every part of us has to be extraordinary because ordinary is boring and unworthy. True love is where we leave go of being binary and allow extraordinariness to flow into our ordinary daily lives and when we allow ordinary to define our expectations of extraordinary moments. To live as such is to experience wholeness, true self-acceptance, and true self-love. Let's go to the third love, loving another. When it comes to loving another, we have this paradoxical demand of them to be spontaneous, however, without any surprises. Let's say that again. We have this paradoxical demand of others to be spontaneous, however, without any surprises. We want to love the person who we know already what their response and reaction to anything and everything will be. How also, however, we also want to experience the eroticism of them being spontaneous and unknown. Well, here is some great news. That person who you love has within them both of these realities. She is the one who is tangibly predictable and allows you to know who she is and she is the one that at best you can only be certain of who she is not. Practically speaking, we can never truly love someone if we are to believe that there is a dimension of them that is so lovable and that you can spend the rest of your life with. But there is that other dimension that if only they can stop being like that. Even more practically speaking, the dance of true love between two people is not when my abstract can lift your practical and your practical can anchor my abstract. Likewise, true love is not when my practical and your practical and my abstract and your abstract see eye to eye. Rather, true love is when the combination of each and any of our two dimensions flow together and complement each other. However, for this, we must first accept our own multi-layers of reality and we must accept the other's multi-layers of reality, and then we must allow them to interrelate with each other freely. Now let's go to the next leg of this journey through the tunnel of true love. This lecture is meant to be a comprehensive and practical approach to true love, and nevertheless, I will be moving forward more briefly, and as always, you can ask me any questions for more clarity by emailing me at thejewishmind at icloud.com. Let's move along. The next two layers of the human soul are the letters Vav, which are our soul's feelings, and the letter He, the second and last, uh, the second He. There are two letters of He in the ineffable tetragrammaton. There's the Yud, the first He, the Vav, and the second He. Now, the second He which is our soul's power of expressing itself to the outside world. Here too we are dealing with two seemingly paradoxical realities. The Vav layer, the emotions, is driven to intensify its feelings deeper and fuller, while the last hay is looking to answer but one question. What are you going to do about it? 
The last hay knows that in order for the soul to be able to shift into doing something about anything, it needs to first quiet down the overwhelming intensity of feelings. On the other hand, without feelings, we would not do something about anything. Thus again, we have A, the Eden, so to speak, which would be the intensity of emotions, B, the garden, which would be expression, and C, the river, which would be the appropriate size ray of feelings which would impactful upon which would be impactful upon yet digestible to the power of expression to get up step out and do something which would make a difference the challenging process here is the same as we spoke about between the first two layers of our soul the feelings need to be a teammate with our expressions and refrain from going into only abstract overdrive, while our expressions need to be a teammate with our feelings, in which our expressions allow themselves to be moved by our feelings out of their comfort zone. Here, too, we have how this is expressed in our journey through the tunnel of true love for God, self, and another person. Simply speaking, feelings aren't enough and feelings need to be solidified by expressions. On the other hand, we all know the feeling we have when someone is doing something for us begrudgingly or dry with no feelings. Something like, yes, here honey, dinner's ready, whatever. Or, you want me to take out the garbage? Sure, whatever. With loving God, this means that we need to embrace that God does express Himself by choice at times through compassion and at times through justice. And we must accept and love God for both. So too, God wants us to spend time and create feelings for Him. Yet on the other hand, God wants us to also act upon our feelings and to do things. So too it is within loving ourselves. That if we do not embrace the need for both feelings and expressions and the interrelationship between the two, we will be living in such disaccord, frustration and resentment toward ourselves. We will be experiencing within ourselves the frustration of either being an emotional wannabe filled with dreams and feelings or being a robot dry of inspiration and feelings. Now concerning how this plays out in our true love for another, I have two stories about the same chassid at two different private audiences with the Rebbe of blessed memory. The Rebbe once directed this chassid, Rabbi Gershon Mendel Garelik, the emissary of the Rebbe to Italy, may he live a healthy life, that in Rabbi Gershon Mendel's next letter to the Rebbe, he should write to the Rebbe his thoughts about his wife. Rabbi Gershon Mendel was uncomfortable writing to the Rebbe his thoughts about his wife. The Rebbe is a holy spiritual leader, but had no choice but to do as the Rebbe asked of him to do. After he wrote th his thoughts about his wife in the next letter, he wrote, And if I went on too long, I am asking forgiveness. The Rebbe crossed out the words too long. The way I understand the story is that a young couple back in the 50s went out to Italy to make an impact on the Jewish community and they are overloaded with working and doing. This is what their relationship may have very well settled into, the soul's layer of expression. The Rebbe was directing his chassid to work on having his relationship with his wife experience the layer of emotions. Write to me about her, think about her, embrace your feelings about her. Now, this very same Rabbi Gershon Mendel on a different occasion was visiting the Rebbe from Italy and the Rebbe directed him to buy jewelry for his wife. And being that he may not know about jewelry, the Rebbe told him he should bring in a few pieces to the Rebbe who will help him choose which one to buy for his wife. Yes, the Rebbe was telling his chassid that feelings aren't enough if they aren't solidified by actions. Nice that you wrote me a letter nice that you fanned the flame of feelings for your wife now do something about it bring her back a piece of jewelry this acceptance of feeling our feelings and then bringing them to a positive and constructive level that would allow us to function and do something because of our feelings also needs to open itself up to a unification and wholeness of the entire tetragrammaton of our soul 
in which our expressions are in accord with our feelings and our feelings are in accord with our understanding and our understanding is in accord with our vision of wisdom what is super paradoxical here is that while there needs to be a total wholeness and accord between all layers of our soul and specifically to overcome the gap between the first two layers of the mind and the lower two layers of the heart and the body of the soul, the fact remains that we cannot embrace one layer until we let go of the previous layer. Wow, that's a paradox. So we need to bring them all together but we can't enter layer two until we let go of layer one. How does this work? Okay, think for a moment of the total focus of expressive precision that is needed when a person is in a dangerous situation with beads of emotional fear sweating down his face. There he is dismantling a bomb that could kill him and everyone he loves. His emotions are exploding and nevertheless he must let go of his emotions so that he can do what needs to be done. Now on the other hand you realize he would not put himself in danger and go to the bomb if he wasn't driven by his emotions for his family and people he loves. Now, think of a beautiful romantic moment a husband and wife is having and imagine zooming into the mind of the man and see him dissecting what he knows who she is and what he knows who she is not. Whoa, romantic killer right there. So we have to let go of thinking of what I know about this person who I am having a romantic moment with, yet you wouldn't be able to have a true romantic moment if you didn't know what you know who she is and what you know who she is not. Take it up another level and see it as someone is sitting down to work out the practical details of the vision and he keeps on being overwhelmed by the realization of how this vision is huge, amazing, and larger than life itself. No, we have to let go of this larger than life vision in order to practically bring that vision and change. Yet on the other hand, if we don't have the vision, we can't practically work on the change. Now as you realize, I went from the bottom layer of expression up to the vision layer of wisdom pointing out how the previous layer needs to be forgotten in order to embrace the present layer. However, you can do the same in reverse and think about how you are trying to totally revamp the spirit and vision of your company and you're being bothered by the thoughts that the maintenance of the restrooms need to be taken care of to make a change. Not going to work. Not when you're letting go of the details because you have to revamp the entire inner soul vision of the company. Nevertheless, even though one layer needs to be forgotten in order to go into the next layer, however, the wholeness of all the layers must work in harmony for there to be true love of God, self, and another human being. How can we do this? This is a paradox. For this, let us go to the final destiny of true love relationship. Ultimately speaking, the wholeness of the human soul is not created by the sum of all its layers. Rather, the wholeness throughout all the layers of the soul is an outcome of the truest and ultimate wholeness of our soul. What is the ultimate wholeness of our soul? The ultimate wholeness of the soul is created by the inner core essence of the soul which is equally the inner core essence of each and every layer of the soul. Thus, when we get even deeper than the deepest layer of the wisdom vision layer of the soul, and even deeper than the depths of the willpower layer of the soul, and we touch the inner core essence of our soul, then the ultimate wholeness and inner peace of our soul is achieved through which we find true love of self, God, and another. When this inner core essence of the soul is present, then there are no paradoxical exclusive layers of our essence of the entire soul. I'm sorry, let me read that again. When this inner core essence of the soul is present, then there is no paradoxical exclusive layers of our soul which cannot coexist and interrelate. For this inner core essence is the one and only inner core essence of the entire soul with all her layers. 
the big question is how does one enter into the inner core essence of his soul how does one open up to the inner core essence of his soul to flow and the answer is only through action the power of action is that unlike our power of will perception understanding and feelings the power of actions are not limited by our capacity of appreciation. We can absolutely step out of ourselves and do that which we cannot appreciate in our mind and our heart. This is why the finite vessel for the infinite inner core essence of our soul is only our actions. Let's see how this plays out in true love. In our relationship with God, the infinite point of our relationship with God is in what we are doing for God and what we allow God to do for us. Correct? You just heard me say that. We not only have to do for God, but we also have to get out of the way and let God do for us. Okay, how is this in the true love within our relationship with self? The infinite wholeness of self in which the inner core essence of soul exists is in our actions. We need to act beyond what we comfortably understand and feel. And even when we are not in the mood, we need to do a simple, random, good deed. So too, we need to do actions of kindness and compassion to ourselves. Everyone thinks, oh, we're going to have to do a random act of kindness to someone else. No, we also need to do a random act of kindness to ourselves. That's where the inner core essence of our soul expresses itself. How does this play out in true love with our relationship with another person? To experience true love is only through the experience of time in which we have done for each other. And I specifically mean both parts of action. We cannot just do for the one we love and not allow them to do for us as well. True love is doing for the other even when we are not in the mood and allowing for the other to do for us as well. You know, s most of us only think about, you know, we have to change. We have to get better with the people we love. And even when I'm not in the mood of doing something for her, I have to let, I have to go ahead and do something for her. But there's another part of true love in the ac acceptance of the inner core essence and that is that even when we want to isolate and not let the other person do for us because it's just our nature to isolate when we're insecure and hurt that's the moment where we have to do an action of inner core essence we have to break out of our isolation and allow the other person to do for us so in summary of this with other true love with other people on the inner essence love level I know a woman called Hannah Sharfstein a great writer and she wrote an article in which way back in her years she's uh, a generation previous to mine she wrote over there an article of how the Rebbe spoke to her about a time for her to get married she was an orphan from her father, and the Rebbe was her father figure to her on such a practical level. And the Rebbe started making suggestions, and she said no to this one, no to that one. And then the Rebbe asked her what her image of true love is. And she gave her beautiful, poetic definition and image of true love. And the Rebbe said you read too many novels and then the Rebbe went to define for her what true love is and the Rebbe defined it as from this definition that I took this piece of my lecture the ultimate inner essence core soul of true love happens when you've spent a good couple of years a decade of years in which you kept on breaking out of your isolation you have practically done actions of caring even when you weren't in the mood and all you wanted was would you please leave me alone 
and in the times when you came back frustrated and all you wanted was being left alone and your spouse came to you lovingly and asked you honey what's bothering you and in that moment where you just wanted to put the pillow over your head and say leave me alone you broke out of it and you did something you allowed the person who loves you to practically factually do actions of love and caring that is where the ultimate true wholeness and inner essence of soul expresses itself and then that drives through you being able to accept that in the person you love there is the know who she is and then there's only the know who she is not there's the intense feelings and then there is the contraction of the feelings so that you can act practically and express yourself practically that is the tunnel of true love in closing I want to make a summary recap of what we discovered here a true love must be threefold in which we love one God our Creator who created us as a precious perfect piece of himself two self who is a precious child of God and three another person who is not just someone profitable for me to love but who is simply worthy of love for who they are B the entrance to the true tunnel of true love is the mind and not the heart to love intimately is to be able to into me see see the soul is made up of layers which is abstract vision of wisdom the practical digestible understanding the intensity of emotions and the practicality of expression true love happens when each of these layers of the soul are accepted and allowed to interrelate D the power of ultimate wholeness self-acceptance inner peace and true love comes from the inner core essence of our soul which lives only in the realm of our actions with all my heart I wish upon all of you and upon myself to fearlessly make the journey through the tunnel of true love and to find true love in God true love in self and true love in another friends modernity offers growth and growth comes with challenges Judaism offers timeless divine solutions the Jewish mind is where modernity meets Judaism <laughs>